From the campaign trail to the studio, Wesley Hunt continues the fight. Along with his brother, Rendon, they chronicle their family experience from slavery to West Point in four generations. Tackling the difficult conversations facing our country, they're on a mission to preserve the American dream. Buckle up and welcome aboard. You're in the hunt. I'm Wesley Hunt. I'm Rendon Hunt. And, and you're, you're in the, the hunt. hunt. I think we're going to open up this one with an old saying from our father. He used to tell us this all the time when we were kids growing up. And the saying was, son, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And it's a lesson in life that I've taken with me for a very long time because you hear people often say, well, I can do that. Yeah, facts. Yeah, you can do it. You can, but there's always going to be consequences and repercussions for your actions that you should weigh to decide rather or not you should do it. Now, we've gotten some pretty decent feedback this past week over the clip that we did uh, about the interview with Harry and Megan. And thank you for that feedback. And thank you for the feedback. Thank you for the feedback. Wonderful. And thanks so for watching. We're going to touch back on that just ever so slightly before we get into a few other topics. But I, I think it kind of feeds what we're talking about right now because I think our, our point was that <laughs> like, just because you can go on Oprah and air your family's dirty laundry doesn't mean you should. You know, one of my favorite quotes <laughs> is, a wise man is a discreet man, and a discreet man knows that discretion is a greater part of valor. Yeah, I taught you that. Right. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Maui. I'm a wild. Thank you. You're for welcome. <laughs> Thank you. And when you think about it, to your point, there's this piece of, there's so many liberties that we have in this country because of who we are. And there's so many things that we can do, but then there's a step back of thinking, okay, but is it prudent that we do do these things? Mm -hmm. And then there's also thinking more broadly about, okay, what are the long-term ramifications of the things that I do do? Yeah, I didn't mean to just say do-do there. But it's, it's fine. I'll that I do do. do. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put a pause in there. And a lot of times I think people mistake the, the very short-term myopic gain for what the long-term ramifications can be, particularly as it pertains to family. Yep. particularly as it pertains to relationships. And that should factor into that should equation. And a lot of people actually, Rendon, I mean, it's a, it's a very, it's a very you know, thoughtful approach to things, and we don't live in a very thoughtful era of time right now. Yeah. I'm willing to actually acquiesce to that, to that argument. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive to make sure that that should, ple that should piece is actually well thought out and well understood. I cannot speak for Harry in this situation, obviously. Sure. But I Your got British accent isn't good enough. Brendan, my British accent is abysmally bad, <laughs> and I would love to try and do one. But like, I could do like one word, and that's like, bloke. Yeah, that's a good one, though. And then that's it. And then, <laughs> and then I'm totally one. tapped out at that point. <laughs> which is funny, because like every popular black actor that acts like an American is British, which is incredible now. I don't know how Daniel Kaluuya, I don't know how he... Brendan. Idris Sounds Elba. like a better black American than me. Idris Elba, right? He was on The Wire. Yes. Okay. He's on Baltimore. This dude, this he says it like a brother, man. Like he was born and raised. Yes. In Baltimore. It's incredible. Anyway, this it's is incredible that's a talent. That's a talent that I gift. that I clearly I don't, have. don't have. It. 
Um, but I have a feeling that in 5, 10, 15 years from now, he's going to look back on that and, and wish that he would have behaved and done that just a little bit differently. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the things that's always interesting when, when pieces come out, uh, talking about what do you actually do and how do you educate yourself? I mean, one of the pieces of feedback from the video was the idea of we have had black royalty before. And I just wanted to make a quick comment about that. <laughs> okay. Right? <laughs> because I do understand that we have had uh, royalty that has had African blood in them. Just like if, if you really buy into the idea that we all started from two people, there's going to be mixture there. Now, I've done my Ancestry.com, and yeah. our DNA is probably pretty close. You might or might not know that we're about 3% Scottish. But that doesn't mean that I'm walking around here saying I'm the king of Scotland. But the Scottish don't wear socks, and that's where you have yeah, these that's true. <laughs> I don't know. That's, if that's where a, I got that. I from. don't know. That, <laughs> I love it how, we, how I knew you were Scottish. <laughs> I, I love it how when people do that DNA stuff, they try to go back and and say, "Oh, well, that's that why, explains why I." <laughs> what? I that's so crazy. I I like spaghetti. It's crazy. I'm seven percent Italian, and I love. That's spaghetti. why I like spaghetti so <laughs> like, much. That's so crazy. And, Pizza's so good to me. And and the crazy thing I found, even with with a lot of the feedback, is this whole idea where. We can take the time to try to figure out the trace amounts of somebody's genealogy, or we can think about the point that I was trying to make mm -hmm. and, and that I'll reiterate right now is the idea that these people haven't lived their lives as black people. Exactly. Like that, that, that's the piece of this. So Queen Charlotte and others, may they have had 10, 15, 20% black? Yeah. Sure, absolutely. But it's the idea of thinking about, did you live your life with the rewards, benefits, and challenges of being a black person, and were you perceived as a black person throughout the culture that you lived in? And the answer is not really, that they weren't. No, not at all, because that would change the course of history and how people were perceived if we really had a queen in the 1700s that was truly seen as black. Yes. Like, that would change everything. Yes. And one of the things that, that I think is really interesting, you and I are both big fans of uh, W.B. Du Bois. Yep. And one of my favorite books is The Souls of Black Souls Folks. of Black Folks. Amazing. One, wonderful book. Amazing. And one of the things that he talks quite a bit about is this dual consciousness yes. that we have. And you and I have experienced this dual consciousness quite a bit because we've lived our lives partially in a black world and partially in a white world. Mm -hmm. Well, I was thinking a little bit about this dual consciousness, and I was thinking about this notion of the first that we have uh, in our country. You know, we have the first black president who also was half white. He was as equally white as he was black. Yes. We have the first black vice president yeah. who's also half Indian. Yes. If you watch The Bachelor, we have the first black bachelor who who's also half white. Yeah. If you look at quarterbacks getting the payday that they deserve, Patrick Mahomes is the first black guy that's really viewed as a true franchise quarterback in this era. And he's half white. And he's half white. Mm -hmm. Now, there's two ways to really look at this. On one end, there's this idea that, hmm, 
maybe these people are given these opportunities, and I hate to use the word give because they've earned, they've earned these opportunities. They've earned it. Yes. Maybe these people have more opportunities because the broader establishment or white America is more comfortable with them because they are a piece of them. That's one argument. The second argument that I subscribe to is this idea of the dual consciousness, mm -hmm. that they've been forged into leaders and wonderful people because they have had the opportunity and the privilege to have to figure out how to live their lives in two different worlds. And that's the challenge that gives them a little bit of an edge. It gives them the edge. Lewis Hamilton, who's an F1 driver, also half, half black and, and, and half white, will be the greatest racer in the history of the world. He will be, he will go down in history as being better than Michael Schumacher. Period. He, he's, he's actually already there. And he talks about a lot of the struggles that he had coming up in Britain of being biracial, yeah. the names that he was called, and how difficult it was for him and his psyche to overcome that, the different lessons that his black yes. father had to teach him that other people didn't have to deal with. And you could tell that he still wears that on his sleeve. Yes. Yes, that's tough. Yes, that's hard. Thank God for hardships and thank God for some of those tough times because that's the edge that he has when he is driving that car better than anybody that's ever done it. And oh, by the way, he was just knighted by the queen. Ooh. So he's Sir Lewis Hamilton. By the way, that's how racist, that's how racist the queen is. Wow. That he is now Sir Lewis Hamilton. Sure. And I would argue that Michael Schumacher's son, who is now racing in F1 for Haas, which is not the best car in the world, sure. won't have near the edge of a Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Mick Schumacher's dad, Michael Schumacher, is worth a half a billion dollars. Sure. He wasn't called the N-word. Well, let me he, tell you. Let me tell, you. tell you something. Lewis Hamilton, his psyche is forged it's in different. steel, and you see it when he's taking those curves, you see it when he's racing that car. I kind of look at that as we have experienced even in our lives every now and again, we have not been treated fair all the time. No. We've been called some names here and there. Yeah. Thank God. Yes. Well, and, and to your point, a lot of these things, there's entryways into, into a room. Part of it, look at the credentials that we have in the schools that we've gone to. That is an entryway into a room. Now, What's the extent of that being the reason you get the opportunity or the gumption and grit that you have? There are certain proportions that are going to be rooted in this. Yes. But I will tell you, when you give me the opportunity, I won't waste it. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I'm going to run with it. And to your point about Lewis Hamilton, you have to build that muscle mass. Yeah. I mean... I know you've been lifting. Every now I mean, you you looking kind of cut up, like every, every like, like Sly Sloan and Rambo too. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get I'm trying Two? to get together. I, you want the tips? I'm trying to get like that. You got any tips? <laughs> got any tips? <laughs> but no, you're 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 absolutely right, and I and I do think that as as really That's just a Tropic Thunder reference. That Tropic those. Thunder, amazing, fantastic, amazing. fantastic. Okay. fantastic okay, go ahead, though. but. It's one of these things where even as, as you see, how do you forge a person? And how do you take adversity and use that adversity to get stronger and stronger and stronger and build upon what you have? 
and that's important. And even there's a, another piece of feedback too, the idea of the queen being racist or not racist. Now, yeah. here's what's interesting. Yeah. I'm reading this book right now. I read a lot of books. Yeah, whatever. This book is called How to Be an Anti-Racist. And it's by this historian <laughs> called this is good. Ibram X. Kendi. You read this book? I'm in the process of reading it right now. Why? Right? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Canceled. Uh, Bye. So, so, so here's what's interesting. Not only, first of all, I like to read books from perspectives that are different from mine. And this historian, there's certain things that he says that I agree with. There's other things that he says that I don't agree with. But... He has this quote, and let me read it so that I don't get it wrong. But he has this quote about, about racism and anti-racism. The whole idea is racist on one end, we're familiar with what racist behaviors are. He's basically saying that you can't be not racist, you're either racist or anti-racist. Yeah. Either you're doing what it takes to, to overcome racism, but there's no, well, I'm not racist. And he has this quote that's, that was mind-changing for me, just completely. He said, racist and anti-racist are not fixed identities. We can be a racist one minute and anti-racist the next. Yeah. So we live in a culture where we're calling racist an identity. Me too, even as a black man, I've done things that are racist and I've done things that are anti-racist. Mm -hmm. I'm trying- We all have, by the way. We all have. But it's not a fixed identity. It's not Rendon the racist or Rendon the exactly. anti-racist. It was what happened in that moment. So all that to say, all this feedback about the royal family is this, the royal family is that. Let me tell you what. The royal family, like every other person, it's, it's fluid. has done things that are anti-racist. <laughs> and done things that. And the royal family has done things that are racist. So, do you know but the that's no different from any, any of us. Do you know the benefits that we have today that WB, WB Du Bois did not have? <sighs> is that we don't have to choose. We can have it all. You don't have to be black or white. And I think a lot of that argument is with us having multi-biracial children. Mm. A lot of people look at that and they say, well, the reason why they're black is because that's, that's how society views them. You, you see, we don't have to live under that mind state anymore, actually, because I'm less interested with how society views you. I am more interested with how, how you, you view, view yourself. yourself. I was talking to a friend of mine, and they, she asked me, you know, well, how, how are you going to raise your kids? I said, well, what do you mean? Well, are you, I mean, are they going to be black? Or are you going to raise them? I was like, whoa, 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 let's be clear about something. They get to be it all. Yeah. They're black. They're Irish. Yeah. They, they, look, they get to, they're they've German. Got, they've got like 1.5% Scottish. Hey, think about that. It's like a 3% it's is like 1.5% Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not going to wear socks either. <laughs> they're, wearing, they're wearing socks. <laughs> Rats. And I think, I think, I think that's awesome. I, I don't want them to choose. I love music. You know I love music. Yeah. Uh, we, grew, we grew up driving to St. John's every day for an hour, listening to Hip hop a lot, so you know we love that, especially old school Jigga. You know we love. You were a Nas guy, if I'm not mistaken. Lil Nas X. <laughs> we'll get to that here in a second. <laughs> fear not. Uh, and uh, uh, but you know me, uh, I love me some country. Yeah. I love me some EDM. Yeah. Rest in peace to Avicii. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. I like it all, Rendon. Yeah. And I remember growing up and hearing people say, 
you can't listen to that. That's for white people. Or you can't listen to that. That's for this person. And I will never forget Susan Alexander, Stephanie Lineberger, and Middle School at St. John's taking me to the rodeo and really introducing me to country. And I liked it. And you know what's really cool? I have a very extensive musical palette because I realized that I didn't have to choose one. I could like elements from every single musical genre yes. and, and, and appreciate the nuances and how they got there and the background in which they got there and the cultural influences on that genre of yes. music. And you want to know what's awesome about it, Rendon? It's all music. Yes. They all have that in common. It's all music. Yes. We are no different as people. Yes. See, and that's you, the you get to enjoy certain pieces of different cultural backgrounds. You don't have to say that I'm this or that. No. You can literally take it all, and you know what we all have in common? We're all human beings. Yes. Yes. How about we stop putting people in buckets based on what you think they look like and who they are and embrace everybody for their differences, take the highlights from every culture, and celebrate it? Yes. And that's why it's so damaging when public figures use rhetoric such as you ain't black if dot 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 <laughs> it's the it's the that's worst. what's so damaging about that because guess what you don't get to define my blackness you've never been black a day in your life you don't get to define that yeah i get to listen to what i want to listen to because guess what whatever i do or whatever you do is black history because we're black Amen. And that's the, 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 the thing, too, that even you go back with how do you live your life? And, and it's the whole idea where we're talking about with the royal family. It's different if people are living their lives in a position where that's part of their identity, part of their visual identity. Like, it is just different. Not different good, not different bad. It's different. Renee, what's interesting is you bring up Barack Obama and Kamala Harris. Interesting. So if you look at a traditional black experience that people tend to think about when they say the black experience, yeah. neither one of them had that. Yeah, which is great because I hope that that allows us to break down the walls of the words traditional black experience. Exactly. Doesn't exist. Exactly. Throw that out of the window. Exactly. It's like, the, it's like the American story. Let me tell you what, this country is made up of immigrants from all different places. Yeah. So there is no traditional American experience. Exactly. They can all be American experiences. Exactly. I think it's brilliant and amazing that Barack Obama was raised in Hawaii by his white grandparents and went to Ponoho High School, goes to two Ivy League schools, um, actually went by Barry for a while, not by Barack because of the kind of ethnic sounding of it, then went back to Barack because he embraced that piece of himself. Awesome. And they ended up becoming the president of the free world. Yeah. Why can't we embrace all sides of that background? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I see this all the time with a biracial wife. Yeah. Because there's this piece, it goes back to W.B. Du Bois. The, it's this dual consciousness, right? Because I would love to see, and this idea that representation matters, seeing somebody that looks like you, seeing somebody that's been a black president, there will be a whole class of, of kids who want to be president because they are growing up in a time that there has been a black president. Yeah. There will be a whole class of young women of color who desire to be vice president. But here's what I would like to see embraced even more. I would love to see embraced, even in, in Kamala Harris, and as we talk about her, 
the Indian side too. I want those young Indian girls to to, to be thinking like, hey, this is what I can be as well. Hey. Because that's part of who she is. And you have not heard a peep of that. There's not enough of it. Sadly. There's not enough of it. Sadly. And I think that's unfortunate. It is. And even with somebody like like Barack Obama, it's a whole idea of there's a piece of the black experience that he can lend to us. But once again, as somebody who has these conversations oftentimes with, with my wife who oftentimes felt lost in between two races, he has a really interesting platform to talk about what it means to be different on that front. Yeah. And I think that, unfortunately, that platform was not used enough. It's not. And I think in this day and age, we could move beyond being lost. Like, when we were growing up in the 80s and 90s, look, I got it. Yeah. Being lost, you could easily get lost in this because that's literally where our culture was. Sure. I want to move to a point in the next generation where we don't have to worry about being lost because you're just you. Yeah. You can't be lost in yourself. Who you are, that is what you view in yourself as your what? Self-esteem. That's why it's called self-esteem. It's the esteem of yourself. Yeah. You don't have to get lost in yourself. Everyone accepts you for the difference, for the differences that you are as an individual. I have Westeen. I, like I want that. the esteem that you've given me. <laughs> <laughs> and some of those muscles, too. Uh, you know, come on, pass them on. Yeah, come on, man. Give me some of that. I'll, tra- I'll give you some muscles for that golf swing. How about that? Hey. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. It's pretty nice. I, I, I try my best. It's pretty good. It's, I try my best. It's pretty good. So, you know, it's interesting you bring up um, um, Nas. And you brought up Lil Nas X. <clears throat> and Ooh, he's, this and, be and good. he's uh he's he's definitely he's stirring up a hornet's nest uh this past week or so with the video sure. uh that 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 he came out with. And this kind of goes back to the theme of the show today is again, just because you can doesn't mean doesn't mean you should. Um just because you can make a video sliding down a pole to the depths of hell to give Satan a lap dance doesn't necessarily mean you should. Yeah. And I think that it's been interesting listening to people talk about this and, and, and people's opinion of this. The first thing I would say is of course I don't particularly care for the video or yeah. the messaging of the video. Of course, yes. Of, of course I don't. Really? You don't? I, yeah, you know, and I put that on a number of lists of videos. not just his it's not just his there's a number of videos that i don't particularly care for and i I would put that in the bucket the thing that really made me think about this whole issue more broadly is when he was responding on twitter to the video to some people that were attacking him and he basically said that he doesn't care if people in the christian community don't like the video and feel bad about it because he growing up was made to feel bad about himself in the Christian community because he's a gay man. Which, which, which makes sense given the era that I've seen us grow up in. Yes. I understand that. And that to me changed the complexion of the conversation that we should be having about this. The conversation about this is an individual. Do I like what he did? No. And even to his, what he was trying to accomplish in all of this, you know, this is a guy who's written a kid's book. 
this is a guy who is a role model for a lot of gay guys who are coming up right now. I don't feel that what he did in that video will help prevent the next generation of kids from being treated the way that he treated and feels is such a negative thing. Excellent point. I just don't feel like it'll get, because he easily, I would have really welcomed and loved to hear what he experienced in the Christian community, because as a Christian, I want to prevent that wholesale. I want people to feel loved in the community. Exactly. We should. Th that's Christ-like love. That's, that's it. That's got to stop. I don't care. Like, Sexual like, 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 orientation. Either, we, either you love the human being and the person or you don't. That's it. And Christ loved everybody. That needs to be what our mandate is. Yes. And so you're, you're yeah. now putting yourself in a position where yeah. I would hope that as he thinks about the next generation of kids, because now this is this is turned into a turf war again. Yeah. It's turned into, well, we don't like you guys and you don't like us. And then you got all these six-year-old white guys who are watching this video like they were Lil Nas X fans before. Which and they're aghast that, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this has <laughs> happened. And it's like, guys, welcome to the Internet. Have you ever heard of porn? Like, there's a lot of stuff on, on the Internet that you don't want to see that's probably not fruitful for you. Or, or, or fruitful for children, too. So don't watch it. So, you know. The thing, the thing is, is I also feel like to add to that is that you're right about him doing a children's book, him performing "Old Town Road," which was, which is an all-time hit, yeah. one of the top hits in the history of the of, of music, and he's performing in elementary schools, yeah, and and for kids and for children, and I feel like this guy is like the ultimate catfish, okay, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, so I'm gonna do Old Town Road, and I'm gonna do a dance with it, and I'm gonna go, you know, <laughs> go to you know kids' elementary schools. But really, if you, if you click on it, you find out who I am. I'm really the devil giving the devil giving the devil lap dances. I feel like that's the ultimate bait and switch. Yeah, I don't like bait and switching children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adults, we could turn this off. Yeah, and and, and I want to draw a line here between. What I think is 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 completely just flat out just immoral by bringing Satan in the whole this thing in, in this whole thing, because by the way you can do it. It's freedom of speech. It's oh, a free ahead. country. Yeah, yeah. So we aren't sitting here arguing that he can't do it or no. You can do whatever you want to do. But I want to draw a hard, a hard line between that and kind of the 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 hypersexualization that we've seen in our in our culture. Because let's be honest, WAP isn't special. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Look, like we we grew up with Foxy Brown yeah. and Lil Kim and Uncle Luke and like and when we were in college, and Nelly, the tip drill video and tip, came and, out. And Nelly, let's not let's not get too preachy. This has been happening for thirty years. Absolutely. I want to draw a hard line though between hypersexualization and giving the devil a lap dance. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you were dancing to Old Town Road across the country in front of children. At some point, when you are modding Nike shoes and putting human blood in them and selling 666 pairs for $1,000 a piece, at some point, we have to look at that and say, okay, that's, that might be enough. Yeah. And, and to, to your point, Wesley, and this is something that I think quite a bit about, is what were really the motives behind this? <sighs> and I truly believe that you have an individual, and I'm not going to doubt this guy's talent at all, right? Yeah, clearly. I mean, like, not going to doubt this guy's talent. Clearly. You have a talented individual who, because of the way that he was raised, felt hurt. Yeah. Okay? And 
the thing that he could do to get back at the community that hurt him, yeah. the biggest thing you could do to a Christian community is let's bring the devil, devil into, into this, it. Right? Yeah. So it was his way of exacting vengeance clapping almost. back or trying to hurt a community that 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 he felt hurt hurt him. Now, on one end, that community shouldn't have hurt him. And I we agree. as a community need to get better. And we need to accept that. And on the other end, uh, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. <laughs> and him trying to get back in that way was not only, in my opinion, inappropriate, but it also lessens his ability to have the positive effect that he's trying to have, which I think, and I don't know him, so I don't know this to be the case, would be so that other kids who are growing up like him don't have to deal with the same garbage that he grew up with in the community. And this doesn't help that. Doesn't help it at all. And these, and, and I think, to, to your point, I think he's trying to do that. So, so people do very provocative things to elicit a response. Yeah. I'm we a all, Prince fan, man, we so all, I get it. Brendan Prince was walking around an assless chap. He sure man. was. <laughs> he sure was, man. I mean, people do provocative things in order to get attention. I understand that this was an attempt to get attention to elucidate a group of people in the manner in which you are talking about right now in terms of this is what happened to me and this is basically my vindication for that. Um, that and also making money. I think he wants to sell some shoes too. I think he wants to sell merchandise. I think that all video money's not got, good money. Uh, all money, another Willie Hunt quote. Uh, all money is not all money's good. not good money. It's not good money. And I think from now on, from here on, he has to now kind of go through his career with a lot of people being like, now, yeah. so so how are you going to top that? Yeah. So now what's next? Yeah. You lose a sense of credibility when you go that extreme. Look, I get why you did it. And Renan, maybe he got everything he wanted out of it. And look, he's not the first one either. I mean, we've no. seen this with Marilyn Manson. We saw it with Ozzy Osbourne. We, 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 we've seen this before. This is not new. But I, I used to have a theater teacher who used to say something that I thought was very interesting. Who? We used to, uh, Mr. McDonald. Mr. McDonald. Yeah, great guy. What a gem. Yeah. And <laughs> and unfortunately, I look back on on past decisions I've made in life. We didn't always uh, behave the best way in his class, okay? And whenever me and my buddies would be doing something we shouldn't be doing, he would always stop and he'd say, now you have my attention. Now what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. And that's what's something that's interesting that we'll see what, what Lil Nas X does with this. You have our attention. You've got the attention of, of millions and millions of eyes across the globe. Now, what are you going to do with it? You know, we grew up with a sign, with a, with a saying that was, <laughs> tell the truth and shame the devil. <laughs> and I feel like this has now been morphed into tell a lie and give the devil a lap dance. <laughs> like, like, this just, I've never heard that one. So what happened? Like, but, but what happened? Yeah. What happened? And I also kind of want to talk about what you kind of addressed too, and that's the outrage, the outrage, which I think people are too quick to being outraged from the right. You're right. If you don't like it, just turn it off. Yeah. So I, yeah. aside from the children argument, if you're an adult, yeah. turn it off. Yeah. This is a free country. This is a free country. You can say and do whatever you want. Yeah. And if you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. No, and there's so many, and, and once again, not to say that it's okay because there's other bad things, but it's not like this is new or novel. 
you know, it's not. It's not the only thing out there. It's not the nudie magazine. Like, it's not the only thing out there. <laughs> nudie magazine day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Madison. Very good. Billy. <laughs> nudie there. magazine day. <laughs> you know, there's... I can't believe you just said nudie magazine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I make a bingo card for that's every day funny. of things I need to check off. Yeah, and that's, a, that's a magazine. That's was, a bingo. Was on, was on that bingo. was on that list. Yeah. But no, it, it's it, not to ameliorate what he did by saying that others are doing it too, or it makes it okay. But mm-hmm. once again, this this faux outrage that this is the worst thing that's ever happened Stop until it. the until the next thing that's the worst thing that ever happened Stop is and, and once again like I, I say this as somebody who who is a Republican and and as we step back and think about policing our own ranks I mean look guys we have a guy in Congress who's showing pictures of women that that he's slept with his conquests to yeah. other members of Congress as, as Republican policing your own ranks as that's a Republican unacceptable so this is what this is what we have going on, and and once again, it's this this sliding scale of morality, yeah, that has become really problematic in our culture, more broadly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, this week we had another we have another uh, just because you can doesn't mean you should moment. It's Paul Pierce. Oh, it's Paul Pierce. Yeah. <sighs> The truth, <laughs> the truth, and the captain. We used to love watching him ball, right? Like for a year. I mean, like ten-time All Star. I mean, I mean, he was. I mean, he Mister Mister Clutch. Yeah. Okay. And just this past week, he was at a party at somebody's house. At somebody's house, there were exotic dancers that were in their midst, and he chooses to go. <laughs> On Instagram Live, <laughs> I mean, while playing poker and records himself, clearly he's had a few drinks. Clearly, if it, that's it. If, <laughs> <laughs> and, and Brendan, I'm not judging. This is not a this is not passing judgment, but he had a contract with ESPN. Yeah, that's now gone. By the way, it's evaporated. And if I were the head of ESPN. It would have evaporated under me, too. Of course it would have evaporated under you, too. Of course. And I don't know. I mean, the guy's worth tens of millions of dollars. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure he needed the money, per se. But he certainly has damaged his reputation. It's probably more than that, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, a, I mean he you know, played, I said it's about more than It's about more than that. Yeah, it's about more than that. Yeah, it's about more just the money piece of it. And, you know, to watch that and to watch a per- watch somebody that I grew up with, yeah. and look, we all make mistakes. We're not perfect, by the way. Yeah. This isn't bag on everybody. No. Th- this is how can we stop from just, just taking a pregnant pause and thinking to yourself, maybe I shouldn't do that. And what are the potential long-term ramifications? Because exactly. I'll give you another example in sports that's live right now. Manfred, the commissioner of the MLB. Deciding to cancel the All-Star game in Atlanta and move it to Denver, Colorado. Now, just because you can cancel and flex like this doesn't mean you should. You're in Georgia, okay, where Georgia has just had a historic run where you have a black female who was almost elected governor of Georgia as a a Democrat. You have two senators that won statewide election in Georgia— to win in the Senate, all three of those people say, don't move the game from Atlanta. And 
to compound on that even more, you move it from Atlanta to Colorado, Denver. Mm -hmm. You move it from Atlanta, a city that's 40% black, Mm -hmm. to Denver, Colorado, a city that's 10% black. And what's going to happen to all those small businesses in Atlanta that have been struggling through COVID, those black-owned businesses that have been struggling? It's a $100 million week was just stripped from that community. Yes. That's what you just did. And by the way, you moved it to a city that has the same election laws (laughs) as the ones that they're trying to pass in Georgia. Yes. Stop it. Let's set back and think. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Doesn't mean it's pragmatic to do that. Rendon, the one thing we always talk about is is we've talked about privilege before. The privilege that is prevalent in America today, in my opinion, it's not race, it's not being white, it's not being it's not being a man, it's not it's money. Yeah. It's resources, it's education. By taking away one hundred million dollars from that community because you don't like an election law. The only thing you just did was put... Just hurt those people. That's all you did. That's literally all you did. Yeah. And furthermore, I don't want to get into too many of the details of the election laws that they're trying to pass, but quite frankly, Rendon, requiring somebody to have an ID to vote, some form of ID, is, 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 is minimal. Yeah, to, to know who the person is who's voting in our elections? Yes. It's very hard to track when you have a lot of mail-in ballots. The notion of having able-bodied people take time out of their day to pull out their ID and then go somewhere to vote, I I, I think that's that's a good thing. It means that person's vote counted. They took time out of of their day to do so. And we know it's theirs. Yes. Rendon, my wife and I have voted in, just in the last couple of years, three or four elections. Collectively, do you, do you know how long it took us to actually walk up with two children to walk into the booth, vote, and walk out collectively? Hmm. Eight minutes. Eight minutes. What the what the, what what they're doing in Georgia is increasing their voting stations. Yeah. So you, so if you don't want to wait all day, how about you, you wait till there's a time where the line has gone down and quelled a bit and, and then you go or you look online or you call and you say, how long is the wait? <laughs> there are ways to do this. But the notion that this is somehow discriminatory to people and voting is kind of insulting yeah. because also what you're saying is that minority groups <laughs> and people of color don't have ID. But what's even more insulting is that they can't get a government-issued ID? That's ridiculous. Yeah. How big is our family? How big is our family on, on our mom's side? I mean, my mom has seven brothers and sisters. Yeah. We have a huge family. Right now, I don't know one of our cousins, second, third, fourth, fifth, aunts, uncles, that doesn't have an ID. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. And there's this broader point that I think is, is really being crafted in the media right now and it's the idea that no republicans want there to be a bigger voting population that's not that's and let me tell you how i know that that is crap (laughs) because i supported you in an election i think that we should have 
everybody who wants to vote, who's eligible to vote, should be voting. And I also think that we should have better candidates. I agree. And if we have better candidates, better candidates will win. That's it. And maybe I'm a little bit Pollyannish to say, to to think that or to say that, but rather than focusing on well, what is this law saying? What does this do? Let's get some people who are electable, who are better candidates, who will look out for the people, who will do right by the people, and they'll win, or they'll and, win eventually. And look, and I'll give you another example of something that's happening right now in Congress, and this is very similar to to what I think we're seeing in Major League Baseball. So. If you tell businesses in the United States that they will have to pay higher taxes than they will have to pay if they move their business operations overseas, they're gone. They're going to be incentivized to do that. Okay. And we're going to take a stand and say, oh, no, corporate taxes are unreasonable, yada, yada, yada. And you know who gets hurt when those businesses leave? The people who are going to have the jobs. We saw it in New York City with Amazon headquarters, didn't we? Yes, we did. When Mayor Bill de Blasio got up in arms about, well, you know, Amazon XYZ, and they go to another city, and what happens? What comes with them to these other cities? Jobs. 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 Because we're so intent on over-politicizing everything. Everything. And I, I, uh, another example of, I saw this this past week, of over-politicizing things. Once again, I consider myself to be a rational human being. Mm-hmm. Except for when it comes to picking out pants. <laughs> Those are irrational. Hey, you ever heard of Easter, man? <laughs> Touche, man. Okay. I mean, Can't have a little Easter flair? It's Tuesday. It's, 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 yeah. Jesus already went back home, but <laughs> it's, it's Tuesday. But, but okay, yeah. okay, we're on the heels of Easter. I'll give you that. Easter, man. <laughs> Easter. (laughs) But, you know, when, when, when you think about what's happening right now, okay, and, and people's jobs leaving and these people who's the, who are going to be suffering the most, just like in Atlanta, the businesses are going to be fine. They're going to go on and they're going to move on and they're going to prosper. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're leaving people to just hold the bag. And Rendon, and that's not right. It's not right. <clears throat> and this is, this is, I love the way you put it. We're trying to hyper-politicize everything. This is not a political conversation. Even, even with the voting issue, I think everybody should want to know, yes, you voted, and this is, what, this is how many votes that were cast, and this is how many ballots that went out, and this is the final count. That's it. Yeah. Florida... Crush this. Florida. 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 Crush this. Why? They had 2,000 to deal with. They had that fiasco back in 2000. Yeah. Rendon, by the time the clock struck midnight, this on this past election cycle, this past election, it was over. Yeah. They knew how many ballots went out. They knew how many people voted in person. They knew how many people voted early. They, they closed the polls at 7. And if you're in line, you get to vote. You come to 7. You don't get to yeah. vote. That this is how this works. Yeah. And by the time you went to bed that night, you knew who won. Yeah. Why is this a partisan issue? So you got me distracted when you talked about my lovely pants. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, now I realize where I was going. Like distracted everybody. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> distraction. Uh, it's French for distraction. <laughs> like excuse me. <laughs> like excuse me. I'll tell that story sometime. It's <laughs> a good, good one. one. Yeah. Uh, but when you talk about hyper politicizing things, this is what I was thinking about. What you believe about COVID right now, it's, in my opinion, from a rational standpoint, should be uniform regardless of who's an officer, who isn't an officer, yeah, right? If you believe it's that it's transmitted in a certain way, it's transmitted a certain way. If you believe you need to wear a mask, I believe you need to wear. If you believe that you need to get a vaccine, like like then you believe you. That shouldn't be dependent on <laughs> on politics or or a political party. Yeah. And there was something that was really interesting that I thought uh, happened this past week. Uh, President Biden was talking about opening up Broadway, right? So it's like, yes, we need to get these people back to work. We need to open up Broadway. Hey, we're going to have a bunch of people in a baseball stadium. No, yeah. we don't need to do that. See, well, there's stairs at a there's stairs at a baseball stadium. We don't want him climbing any stairs. <laughs> that, that was too far. <laughs> too much. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Cut that part. Okay. Out. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. My <laughs> <laughs> so. So. Yeah. Keep that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna fight you over it. Oh, no. <laughs> so, if you think about it, we're talking about demographics of people in voting blocks. It's like, mm, it's okay if I piss off those baseball fans. The people who love Broadway, I think that's more more in my exactly. wheelhouse. Exactly. So it's okay if we gather for this, uh, but not for that. And once again, like, I'm not telling anybody which decision is the right one. Mm -hmm. I'm just asking for a little bit of consistency. Yeah. Yeah. If we believe it's time to open things up, then it is time to open things up. It doesn't matter. If we believe it's time to continue to shut things down, then we should continue to shut things down. It's, it's, it's a uniform view based on the information that we have. And I will be the first to say, I hope Broadway comes back revived. Me too. I really, 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 really do. Me too. And I hope that there's policies in place that will help it get back to its previous grandeur. I hope that that happens. Me too. And I think that it's important that we really look at what's going on and don't overly p politicize this. But I think we owe it to the actors on Broadway who have given their lives, a lot of them, to be in the limelight and to make it work for themselves and to follow their and pursue their passions and their dreams. We owe it to them to do the best we can to get them back doing what they do. Just like the person in Major League Baseball that has been training for their entire life to get to that point, mm -hmm. we owe it to them to try to figure out how they can get back on the mound and then we or owe, back and in the batter's box. we owe it to the fans. I'm a baseball fan. We owe, fan. we owe it to the fans to allow them to get to the point to where we can do it safely. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, Governor Abbott opened up Texas 100%. And President Biden at the time called it in our, quote, Neander Neanderthal thinking. Okay. Just your opinion. That's fine. Um, this is opinion. That's fine. Once again, not the most respectful way to speak about a governor of, of a state. But, um, but okay. Yeah. But I agree with you. But okay. And I think we're on the 25th or 26th day of, of, a, of a decline in COVID cases in Texas. I mean, we, we're clearly not completely out of the tunnel yet, but that we could certainly see the light and we are certainly headed there. And I think the most important thing is that we continue to monitor this thing, but we allow people to live their lives and make their own choices. This is the land of the free, home of the brave, liberty, you know. That kind of stuff. And this past weekend, the uh, uh, Rangers were opened up 
100%. Ren, I turned the game on, and I, I just smiled. You know, how long has it been just to see us watching America's pastime, watching, I mean, it's been so long yeah. to see that. And quite frankly, I really am glad to see those people say, you know what? I, I, this is the choice that I'm going to make. I'm going to go to the game. If I'm still concerned or cautious about this, I'll stay home. Yeah. You don't have to go to the game. Yeah. Uh, but to see Texas begin to revive ourselves and to get out of this and what looks like will be the same way that Florida has done for the past year. Florida. Florida. Florida has done an excellent job in handling this whole thing over the course of the past year. I want, I want to see that. Yeah. I don't want to see us suffer anymore. I don't want to see businesses fail. I want to get back to what America is and what I now appreciate more than I could ever imagine. Yeah. That's the really good part about COVID is you find out and you realize what you miss when it's gone. Yeah. Don't know you what you find got out gone, what you man. miss. Yeah. And I think it, it, it is time for us as a country and particularly as a state or the country of Texas. You know how we feel yeah, sometimes yeah. about ourselves. Yeah. You know, the country of Texas. Huh? Sounds yeah. kind of good. Yeah. Republic. The, 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 you know, the Republic. You know. Yeah. Uh, I like us getting back there, and I want to see us continuing to do so, particularly when we're continuing to see a decline in COVID cases and an increase in vaccinations. This is the whole point. When we can notice and, and when we should. And when we should. And notice, as you just pointed out so eloquently, this is not a, <laughs> this is not a political issue. If cases are going down and vaccinations are going up, then we can start doing things regularly again. Obviously, there's a fine balance here that Absolutely. we must maintain. Well, and we Nobody's see, arguing with you on that. And, and we see that with the, the variations of, of COVID, right? Yeah. You know, if, if there's another spike, then we need to address that. But it doesn't... I don't like the politicizing things from the perspective of it's like we're hoping that people fail. Yes. It's like we hope that the state... I hope it fails so that I can win and say, yeah, I told you yes. so. Yes. And I'll be the first person to say it was Wesley. It was the issue that I had, and we talked about this when Barack Obama was elected, right? It was the issue that I had with the idea that he should fail, or we want to make sure that he fails. I, I took issue with that because I'm like, dude, sure I'm an American man. No, I, we all I, win. Everybody who everybody who gets elected, I want them to knock it out of the park. Not rooting against. Them, I man. might not agree with them, but yeah. but look, man, everybody who gets elected, I'm hoping we can knock it out of the park. And so with states like Texas, it's just very frustrating to see almost people hoping that it doesn't work for us. Renee, you know what's got, got over-politicized, too, during this, this border issue that we're seeing right now? And, again, I don't get why this is a political issue. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you saw the video of, of human traffickers basically dropping young girls, climbing the fence, dropping young girls 14 feet, on the American side, and then running away. I, I did watched, not see that, and that's absolutely— It was two girls. It's actually an infrared. I'll show it to you. It's it a, is it's unconscionable. It, it's actually debilitating to watch. You're like, yeah. this is why border security is important. Not This is not a xenophobic conversation. This is an issue of protecting people from other predators, like traffickers, like cartels. This isn't a big thing, we're gonna build a wall and Mexico's gonna pay for it. No, like th that's, that's hyperbole. 
the notion of we as a country knowing who and what is coming in and out of it, this is not a partisan issue. This is an issue of national security. If you're looking at, if I, looked, I watched a video of some of the senators that went down to the border. Unfortunately, they were all Republican. Yeah, miss there. Man. Yeah, opportunity. Why, why is it just a Republican delegation going down there and seeing this? Yeah. But if you're looking at, if you're looking at these holding areas that, that, are, that are at 1,000% capacity, that are that 10% of them actually have COVID-19. You're looking at this and you're like, wait, wait, stop the partisan stuff. We got to do better here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care who gets the win. I don't care. Well, that was Trump's policies and not that this was Obama's policies. Are we better as a country? Are we better off knowing what's coming in and out of the country or are we not? Yeah. Yeah. And that that a lot of that, it's interesting because it dovetails into what you were talking about even with voters and having ID, like knowing who people are. And knowing who's voting. Because have you ever seen, and this is this is what's really interesting, um, when you think about even the culture of, of bars and having ID and IDing people that are, that are 21, right? Wait, you have to have ID to get into a bar on 6th Street in Austin. You, like, like, to vote? To vote? <laughs> like, and have you have you ever seen have you ever seen the, how is this a conversation? Have you, have you ever seen those? And I've, I've I've always thought this is hilarious when when they'll have and hey, I mean Dirty Six Street. I mean like Dirty Six. Yeah, yeah, Go dirty, ahead. The, yeah, Go the dirty. Dirt, uh, have you ever seen when they have the the license say, "Hey, you need to show ID unless you were born on this date or before"? Yeah. How stupid is that? Yeah. Like. <laughs> Like somebody, doesn't that defeat the, the? Like, can I just tell you I was born on this day? Like, is that how that works? Like, some people have old people yeah. face, man. Yeah, the, you, know, you never know. Yeah, you know, look, like we're we're lucky. We're black, so I'm gonna look 45 for the rest of my life. Yeah, it's a blessing. <laughs> it's a like, blessing. Like Dad does. Yeah, Dad looks like he's 50. Mom, mom looks like look at mom. Yeah. Like how you like what? Hey. She has a really soft skin. It's really soft. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's really soft. But, 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 like, the fact of the matter is, is I think these are pragmatic solutions and pragmatic issues that should be met with with a sense of just pragmatism as a whole. Yeah. And somehow it becomes hyper-partisan. Well, and in order to have that pragmatism, you have to have people who are respected. Yeah, right? that's true, like, too. It, like, like, and this is, this is, we've talked a lot about this. When you come into something in a position of mutual respect— yeah. It allows you to have a conversation and it allows you to accept things uh, that are appropriate and reject things that are not appropriate. Yeah. Goes back to what I said about that book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. There's a lot in that book that I don't think it does enough justice to personal responsibility. I don't. I think that, that there's a hyper focus in his argument on policy, mm -hmm. which I think is part of it. But you can't just throw out the baby with the bathwater on all these things, mm -hmm. right? It's the same thing that we discussed before when you talk about uh, people that, that come up in a biracial environment. Is part of their success maybe that people are more comfortable with them? Yeah, it's part of it. Is, is part of the success the fact that they've had to overcome that and engage in two different communities? Yeah, that's part of it too. But both are parts of it. Not necessarily equally parts, but we have to be willing to go into situations where we see things that are a different perspective, but we respect the fact that there is a different perspective and acknowledge the fact that maybe we could be wrong. We don't have Brendan, all the answers. Brendan, I love our upbringing. I, we talk about this often. 
I love the fact that we would go to New Orleans for the summertime. I mean, we would be around and, and family reunions and be around and t- all black people. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And then we went to Champion Forest Baptist Church. And it, it, at the time, basically, it, we were one of the few black families that were there. But we loved it. Yeah. Going to private school. With the, with, you were the only black male in your grade. When, or the only black person in your grade black in middle male. school, right? Uh, in middle school, no. I was one of three or four. Okay. Yeah. Insane for me. Very yeah. similar situation. Super, super diverse. There were like three or four. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the United Nations. It was unbelievable. It was, it was unbelievable. Super diverse. And then going to West Point. Again, you know, not, not very, not very diverse at the time. Getting better, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Getting better. And then going into the army, that's a melting pot. Think about that. And then you going to Harvard and then me going to Cornell. And then literally we have seen so many different races, peoples, colors, creeds, sexual orientations that we have respect for everyone. Because we never grew up and our parents never taught us the idea that we weren't as good as. No. That we couldn't compete because of the way we looked. We, we weren't allowed to even bring that home. No. But we, mom and dad never made excuses for us, and consequently, we are reaping the benefits from walking into a room and being intellectually curious about everyone's background. Yes. And how it forged the person that they the became. The individual. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I don't walk into a room and feel like, well, I'm the only black guy. This is a racist room. I don't feel like that at all, actually, Rendon. No. I walk into a room, and I give everybody an equal chance. Yeah. Because I don't know what their background is. That person might be married to a black person. That old 70-year-old white person, as I found out on the campaign trail, may have biracial grandchildren. And, and you know what else about them? That person will have done things that are anti-racist, and, and they would have done things that are racist, because that person is not defined by that one moment. None of us are. No. And none of us should be. No. No. So we're going to wrap it up on that. Um, but if you like more of In the Hunt, you like what you're hearing, please subscribe. Thank you so much for your support. We're starting to gain some steam here, and God bless you all. Really appreciate everything that you're doing for us, and we will be back here next week. And in the words of Willie Hunt, smiles are contagious, so make someone's day. Thank you. <laughs>